ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As in the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations, and why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it, but hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life, and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Hi guys, and welcome to History of a Haunting. Hey everybody. Welcome to take, what is this now, Arch 4 or 5 of this episode? And, you know, at least in a year. I mean, okay, guys, listen. This. Are, okay. you hear, are you hearing the bird? Uh huh. Oh, fuck. We have a, a guest host, Archie's bird. What's your bird's not, name? Not my bird. <laughs> What's the bird's name? Rodney. Rodney is joining us all the way from the living room. Um, oh. oh, good. And this is about the birdcage theater, isn't it? How, how apropos. How, how fitting fitting okay so guys listen archie and i started this podcast back in october of 2019 and um we had been prepping it and getting locations ready and doing all this stuff and learning how to fucking have a podcast starting in august so we decided that we were going to kick off our very first podcast our very first episode with a home state location the birdcage theater in tombstone arizona and it is a place that me and archie and my mom and my son we've been to we thought it's perfect it's great it's wonderful we practiced it we did the research so so many times practiced it so many times because we were like well how do we want to present this like how do we want the format and the flow of the show to go so we practiced it over and over we recorded it twice uh, we recorded it twice and then we recorded again for the actual like episode we were going to release. And I go through to edit it. And because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in the very beginning, what I did was I cut a section from a prior recording to lay down in the new recording. Like I knew what the hell I was even doing. (laughs) And I basically laid that, section down over the entire recording and fuck the whole recording because like, i saved like, it like like 21 times right oh it was at least 30 to 40 times just so it's the same the same few minutes 40 times 40 times over and over and over, and over. <laughs> over the whole episode so uh yeah it's um yeah so that's why the Stanley Hotel ended up being our first <laughs> episode because we had to default to that because we were starting to record episodes so we would have them in the bank. And then um, I fucked it. I, I, that was colossal, colossal fail. The, the mother of all fuck-ups. The mother of all fuck-ups. Um, so we've drug out our research, our history, and our hauntings on this original 
<laughs> the which, OG. Which, which was a lot less work for you, I imagine, because I deleted my information. <laughs> It absolutely was. All I did was just email it to the podcast email and then boom, my part was done. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going back through it this morning and I'm like, I remember this. Oh, I remember this. Oh my God. This would have been a great episode. Um, so now you guys get the great episode now that we, it's episode 34. <laughs> <laughs> I think in my original research, I had a paragraph or two. It was... Okay. It was it was nothing. It was bullshit. I think but, so. Yeah, we found our stride now, though. Our now that now that we know, now that we think we have some idea what we're doing, I think this will be a lot better this time around. I mean, we've been faking it till we make it this whole time, so I think we're going to be all right. Oh shit! Even today. Yeah, even today. Um, so yeah, guys, we're taking you to Tombstone, Arizona, and the infamous Birdcage Theater. Uh, <laughs> now we just have a couple of EVPs to go over endless vocal prattles. Um, we are recording remotely again. Uh, Archie and I are in bed together, but we're in our separate homes apart. apart. <laughs> uh, Arch, would we're... you like to tell the folks why we've gone back to separate recordings on Skype? Not really because it makes me feel really stupid, but, um, <laughs> It shouldn't make you feel stupid. Your doctor's the one who did it. <laughs> my office has been on a pretty strict social lockdown, except for the other day when I had a really massive splinter in my hand, and our CEO, my boss, was right like we were face-to-face, -face and she was trying to help me get the splinter out of my hand. And the very next day, my throat hurt, I had a headache, my cough changed... Oh. I, I texted her that I said you should probably pay close attention to your health for the next couple of days because I feel like shit and she texted back immediately go to your doctor right now and get the COVID test I was like but 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 and she's like no do it I'm hosting my mother's 90th birthday party tomorrow <gasps> so I oh, had to fuck. go do it yeah and I let her know they're not going to get back to me with the results for a while. I'm really sorry, but I will go get the test. And I will stay far the fuck away from this building. Yeah. And so this is my very first day of being in my house. And I hate it. <laughs> but, but you know what? I'm going to stay here until I get my negative results back. Just because that's a smart thing to do. That's the responsible thing to do. Yeah. So they didn't. Your, so your doctor said three to four days for the results, but the paperwork said four to seven. So basically three to seven days. Pretty much. And okay. fortunately, fortunately, it was a Friday that I went to get tested. So I'm home Saturday and Sunday. I've already taken off Monday and Tuesday just to account for the time. That's what I was going to say. Is that like days, days, or is that business days? So it does Saturday. That I don't know, and I wasn't thinking straight. When all in all reality, I brought my work laptop home. It mm. has all my saved passwords. I can fill out my timesheet anytime I want. But <laughs> I made sure to fill out my timesheet in advance because you didn't know. Thinking. Yeah, no, I was I wasn't thinking. I I was in panic mode. Mm, okay, so. well. As one probably does, I know that when when I called my doctor and they were like, "Yeah, we want to test you for the." 
for coronavirus come on in come in that we're going to there's a special back entrance you've got to go in and you got to do this and we're going to shuttle you right into an exam room don't even go near the waiting room don't even it it's a very alarming process in the end my doctor felt that i just had the flu which well yeah it's still the same test which is not pleasant no so tell the folks how they test you for those who don't know it's it's a long nodule on a stick like a q-tip like a q-tip only you know three feet long that they shove all the way down your nose until it touches your brain and they don't do just one they do both nostrils oh shit really so it's twice that they poke this thing all the way into your brain and then tell you to have a nice day basically thanks i sure will and go fuck yourself while you're at it pretty much um that's how they that's how they tested me for the flu and that's also how they tested my son koi for whooping cough when he was 15 oh it's just awful. It's just this feeling. It goes up into your sinus cavity. And then it, you just, he's like, the guy said, now you might feel like you need to sneeze. That is not how I felt. I felt no, like somebody no. was trying to tickle my brain with a Q-tip. Exactly. <laughs> and, the, and, and essentially that's what they're doing. The minute he pulled it out of my nose, my eyes filled with water, with yeah. tears. Yeah. It's not painful. It's just, you're not used to having foreign objects up in your sinus cavity it's terrible it's not pleasant it's it's no fun but it is necessary very necessary yes um so that's yeah that's that so we are recording remotely again until archie gets the all clear from the ultra cooties test and um the other thing that i did want to um mention is that we just recorded our very first mini episodes, you guys, uh, our mini episodes. And then we've talked about this in a couple of episodes prior to this, but our mini episodes are, we do two to three locations that are haunted locations, but maybe they don't have as many hauntings as say your more popular locations like Stanley or LaLaurie or the Lizzie Borden house. Um, but their stories definitely need to be told. So Archie and I have compiled a list of locations that are going to be for our mini episodes. And we just recorded our first one. We did the Aoki Gahara forest in Japan, also known as the suicide forest. And then the palace of Versailles. So we are releasing these mini episodes to just our Patreon donors at the $5 level. Um, we have two donor levels, $2 and $5. So everybody at the $5 level gets access to the mini episodes. They're going to be released on Wednesdays along with our usual early release of our regular episodes. So with this one, the birdcage theater and um, we're really excited about that. We're going to be releasing too many episodes a month to the Patreon donors. We would very, very much like it if you guys would join us on Patreon. We've got a lot of fun stuff that we're um, doing for you guys to thank you and um, early release episodes, mini episodes now. We got blooper reels. We got stuff we fun stuff we send you in the mail. It's a great time. So please, please consider um, joining our Patreon. You can donate two dollars per month or five dollars per month or any amount there in uh our um you can go to patreon.com slash h-o-a-h podcast and to that end i want to let everybody know send out a big standing ovation to our patreon of the week erin erin 
Yes, Erin is our Patreon of the week. She is um, a dear, dear friend of mine. She has been a fan of the podcast since the very beginning. We're actually planning on um, having her guest host an episode. She is from Hawaii, so she's going to pick – she's picked a um, – a, a haunting in Hawaii that we're going to be doing. So we're going to coordinate that with her when we get back from our hiatus. And so Aaron, we love you so much. We are so, so thankful, so grateful, so appreciative of your generosity being a Patreon donor. And so here is a standing ovation for you, my love. And thank you so much. Okay, Aaron, thank you so much. That one is for you. Now, Arch, let's, um, I mean, sixth time, fifth, sixth time's got to be the charm for us, right? It has to be. Fucking God willing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into this episode on the birdcage. Unless, I'm sorry, I, as usual, dominate the conversation. Did you have any EVPs you wanted to review? No, no, you covered everything. Okay. All right, even, cool. Even stuff I didn't want to cover. So, oh. <laughs> Arch, let's talk about your childhood. Were you a bedwetter? I was born a poor white child. <laughs> <laughs> were you a bedwetter? Did you suck your thumb until you were 12? Uh, <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole... <laughs> oh. That's a... That's a... That's a... Uh, you didn't by any chance hit your head. Oh, fuck. You did hit your head when you were little. I was there for that. Oh, yeah. Okay. We need to stop talking about this because that's the serial killer trifecta. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's not go there. That's a whole other fucking podcast. All right. Well, let's get started on the Birdcage Theater in Tucson, Arizona, United States. Tell me the history again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all of my information this time around was gathered from AbandonedSpaces.com, Atlas Obscura, and Wikipedia. Wait, what was the first one? AbandonedSpaces.com. Oh, okay. The bird chirped, and I thought you said AbandonedSpace.com. Oh, I, was like, I, was, I was afraid that you could hear the bird. Okay, yeah. I thought it was Abandoned Space. Rather fitting we're doing something called the Birdcage Theater. I mean, yeah, it, that's not really, I mean, you know, bird, he's in a bird in a cage. That's um, not really the, he's a fucking asshole, too. Oh, my. If anybody wants to adopt a bird, contact yeah. us at hohpodcast.gmail.com. You'll have to fight Edward, because that's Edward's bird, and I think the goddamn bird is older than he is. I really feel that bird is going to outlive all of us. But anyway, oh, go on. Let's, very likely. <laughs> let's t- <laughs> talk to me about Tombstone and the Birdcage Theater, because I think we've all seen the Tombstone movie, except I do remember you have not. I have not. That's a bingo square. Archie has oh, never seen a movie. <laughs> it's not even a fucking horror movie or a ghost movie. <laughs> but it's got Val Kilmer in it, and man, do I love that boy. Okay, sorry, go on. All right. The Birdcage Theater began its days in the historic city of Cochise County, Arizona, known as Tombstone, in the year 1881, during the height of the silver boom. And where there is hard work, there ought to be a place of leisure and games. The simple task was what the Birdcage 
or I'm sorry, this simple task was what the Birdcage Theater pulled off for nearly a decade before it officially ended its services and remained abandoned. Its history tells us that its bar was originally made in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh-huh. and, shipped, and shipped on the Star of India all the way around the south tip of the South America. Uh, it was, oh, wow. Is that, this is the Star of India that's now currently docked in San Diego? That is correct. Well, fucking A, all my favorite towns coming together as one. All right. After being shipped on the Star of India around the tip of South America, it landed on the west coast of Mexico and was bought brought by wagon and train the rest of the way to its final stopping point in Tombstone. The birdcage was not just a theater. It was also a saloon and gambling parlor where where it was owned by a rather rare gentleman known to the silver hunters as William Billy Hutchinson. Oh, yes. Bi- I remember this. Okay. Billy, together with his wife, Lottie, tried hard to satisfy the hungry and thirsty miners, gamblers, and outlaws, whose habit was, when they were unhappy, to pull their guns and bust one at the ceiling, quote, which means something different this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> Today, today there, are, <laughs> today there are over 120 bullet holes strategically placed all over this place, witnessing that old unwritten rule that the customer is always right. And it's usually a, ugly too. Right. Its <laughs> official opening date was the 26th of December, 1881, and Billy's original idea with this place was to present family shows, as he had seen on his trip to San Francisco. Ah, best laid plans. Right. In uh, in its infancy, the Birdcage hosted a, quote, ladies' night, intended for all the respectable women of Tombstone, and more importantly, it was all for free. There was there was nothing wrong with it, for it was a good idea, but the economy and unwritten rules of the business itself spoke otherwise. I remember it, this. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It, it wasn't long before Billy changed his original business plans, canceled Ladies' Night, and changed focus to the quite unpolished and clumsy mining crowd. And it was Uh-oh. all... Yeah, it was it was all good for the tombstones. Folk could walk in and buy a drink at the elongated bar. Given the fact that its initial idea was to serve as a theater, there was a 15 by 15 foot stage plus the orchestra pit. The parlor was somewhat a dark place. And so the stage itself was lit by a row of the good old gas jets that were quite typical for that time and age. Jesus Christ, isn't it like all wood inside there? Yes, it is. It's a, a oh God, it's a, it was a it was a fire. I mean, we've been there. I don't know why I just asked that question, but it's been a few years since we were down there. But yeah, for the time, that's just. I, but honestly, what choice did they have? I suppose. Yeah, it uh, it was constructed as a true theater and had fourteen boxes in total, placed on either side of the two balconies. <laughs> At the corner, there was a contraption known as a dumb waiter, and its job was to hoist up drinks to the private cribs which were occupied by ladies of the night, therefore the name The Birdcage. Ah, yes, that's right, that's right. Naturally, as any other place that has its fair share of history behind it, The Birdcage has its own legends. One among the many is the longest-running poker game in history. Oh, this part! 
a game that supposedly was held in the basement of this parlor. It is said that the game lasted 24 hours a day for eight years, five months, and three days. That's right. To spice the legend even further, the participants included such names as Doc Holliday, the American gambler, gunfighter, and dentist, joined by Diamond Jim Brady, Mm. an American businessman and philanthropist, and Bat Masterson himself, a buffalo hunter and Indian fighter. Among the first acts held in this parlor was one that belongs to Mademoiselle de Granville, a pseudonym behind which stood Alma Hayes, known as Female Hercules and even the woman with an iron jaw. That's right. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we're doing this. I totally forgot about all this. It's great. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, next, there was the Flying Nymph, who flew using her own strength and a rope from one side of the parlor to the other. In addition to this, there was another act titled The Human Fly, in which a woman walked across the stage ceiling upside down. That sounds fucking terrifying. Yeah, it was all breathtaking until one day... The rope snapped and her last breath was taken when she fell to her death. Oh, no. The birdcage changed ownership several times throughout its existence. Again, it operated nonstop for at least eight years, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. In uh, 1882, when the miners of the silver mine hit water at 620 feet down, that began to the road oh god what a terrible pun i'm sorry (laughs) but they hit water and it flooded the silver mine that's also a bingo square bad pun bad pun pun i didn't even know i was doing it for for a few years pumps were used to keep the mines from flooding but gradually it became more difficult to keep the water out the final blow came when the pump engine plant burned to the ground Miners started to leave as the price of silver continued to slide. The town and the Birdcage Theater finally closed in 1889. When people came back through around in 1934, the theater and the town were pretty much found intact. It was as if everybody closed up shop, told people to leave, and nobody came back. Wow. And and even in the Birdcage Chips and cards and probably burnout cigar husks were found mm-hmm. as if, no, we're done, get out, and they locked the doors. They literally just, like, yeah, got up, left, locked it, and that was it. In fact, I remember when we did this in the very beginning, there was, um, I think in your notes or in my notes, somebody's notes, not the ones in front of me, but... Wow, go on for nine years about fucking notes, Carrie. Um, (laughs) They also found unopened barrels of whiskey in it. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I think that was in your notes. Yeah, yeah. Let's say notes one more time. Oh, notes. Oh, notes. (laughs) You're such an idiot. (laughs) Hey, I'm clever, goddammit. You are so clever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, the last line of my part says today it serves as a tourist attraction and a time capsule because even when they found it intact, nobody touched anything since then. Everything is as it was. 
Yeah, it's... Except it's, for the people throwing coins and pennies on the gambling table in the basement. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, it's a very tiny place, and it's um, it's packed with all kinds of stuff from the era. So it's got... Like I think we saw like the the irons that they used to use for clothes when they would iron clothes. I mean, they've got like silverware and plates and just all kinds of stuff that was just normal shit back in the 1880s. They have it all in display. Yeah. At Birdcage. It's it's a it's quite a cool uh, the whole town is really awesome and the Birdcage Theater is so famous. Um so we'll get into my haunting portion here in just a second. Do want to uh, encourage you guys to check out a new podcast. This podcast is a friend of ours. And so please have a quick listen to their promo. And we will be right back with the ghost. Just a sec. My name is Paige, and I'm the host of All the Things That Keep Us Up at Night. It's a true crime podcast with eerie events mixed in. I'd love for you to join me and let me tell you all about the spine-chilling, hair-raising events in true crime history, as well as cases that are currently developing. You can also join the podcast group on Facebook, All the Things That Keep Us Up at Night podcast, and follow the Instagram at All the Things That Keep Us Up. If you'd like to send a suggestion for an upcoming show, feel free to email me at all the things that keep us up at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy, be aware of your surroundings, and don't end up being a subject on my podcast. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Um, let's see here. Uh, my haunting portion. So I've got some stories to tell that lead into the ghosts. Um, as Archie mentioned, uh, it's it, it started with the best of intentions. It really did. <laughs> the Hutchinsons <laughs> really had the best of intentions. Okay, now, uh, <laughs> just kind of give you a little bit of an idea about Tombstone. It also had the best of intentions. But... <laughs> The town businesses were four churches, three newspapers, two banks, one school, a bowling alley, ice cream parlor, but also 14 gambling halls and 110 saloons. I remember this part. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> so there was a lot of um, conflict that was going on within the town and just kind of exacerbating some of the shit that went down at the Birdcage Theater. Um largely because there was a deadly mix of people in the town. So there were mining capitalists and townspeople um, that were there that were mainly Republican Northerners. And then the ranchers, rustlers, etc., were all Confederate sympathizers and Democrats. So that's never a good combo. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, there was... Um, I remember this story. Holy shit. Um like Archie mentioned, some of the entertainment uh, that was featured was the female Hercules, vaudeville actor Eddie Foy, the Nellie Boy Dramatic Company, Pearl Ardeen. Who do you remember? Pearl Ardeen? Did you talk about her? I don't think you just mentioned her. I don't. I don't think I did. 
She was a jig dancer that would, quote, swoop to the floor in the middle of her routine, snatch bills thrown on the stage, and stuff them in her stockings with unmatched athleticism. Well, I've seen a couple of drag queens do that. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm like, I think I've seen that, too. I think I've seen drag queens do that, too. (laughs) There was, oh, shit, I remember this. Okay, guys, like, you're hearing our notes for the first time, as if we're And so are we. (laughs) So are we. Because I'm going through this, and I'm like, oh, shit, I remember this. Oh, my God. So... Our uncle, okay, so Uncle Charlie, or Charles, Uncle Charlie, Andres. So apparently during one of his shows, a drunk cowboy shot the actor's dog that was in the show. Oh, God, I remember that. <laughs> I remember this, too. Yeah. Um, and once the guy sobered up, he cried uncontrollably and harbored such guilt that years later offered the actor money and his horse as restitution. <laughs> Good guy, Charlie. I remember that <laughs> the cowboy, the scene was a dog was chasing a woman, barking at a woman going across the stage. And the drunk cowboy thought the dog was attacking the woman I, and he shot him. It was some sort of convoluted thing like that. And so, yeah. So once he sobered up and realized what he'd done, uh, he apparently was super guilty over that. Uh, <laughs> so entertainers and booking agents began to hear the birdcage, and they began including it in their um, tours from coast to coast. Tombstone became a very popular stop for variety troops. Um, but that, like Archie mentioned, that was not really what the majority of the people that lived there wanted. Within one year, it had earned the reputation of, quote, the wildest, wickedest night spot between Basin Street and the Barbary Coast. So, um, <laughs> and, and I'm having trouble remembering, was that basically the wildest spot between New Orleans and San Diego? Mm, I can't. Something, something like that. I think the Barbary Coast is in the Mediterranean. I feel like Mediterranean. I feel like we looked that up because we were like, we should probably know where that's at, but I didn't put it in my notes. So, <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, between one bad place and another, essentially. Oh, all right. That helps anybody. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yes, probably not. Now, uh, (laughs) given that it was known for being a saloon, a theater, and a brothel, it does get its name from the ladies hanging from the ceiling in crib-style rooms named birdcages. Eventually, prostitutes, this was funny, this was, in the first, when the original recording, my mom was in this episode, and she thought this was funny. Eventually, prostitutes, who were also called ladies of the night, shady ladies, soiled doves, and good time girls. <laughs> oh, God, it. I remember. I forgot. <laughs> it. Uh, they would do their own more popular entertaining in the bird cages and upper balcony boxes behind curtains. Um, fun fact, one census report of the day referred to their occupations as, quote, a ceiling expert and as being, quote, Horizontally employed. Horizontally employed. God. (laughs) I mean, this episode is like revisiting an old friend. Oh, it really is. It really is. (laughs) I forgot about that. Like looking at a photo album you haven't looked at in forever. Okay. Um, So now I tell this next story because they are resulting ghost in the birdcage theater. One um, of the most popular stories is about Gertie the Gold Dollar, and she was a favored soiled dove of Billy Milgreen. Um, Another shady lady, 
I'm just, I mean, you know what? No more sex worker, no more prostitute. These are soiled doves. These are shady ladies. Oh, soiled doves. For the purposes of this episode. Anyway, <laughs> another shady lady caught his attention, a brunette beauty named Margarita, who was working some of her own magic to make this guy her own. Do you remember this story? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> So Gold Dollar came into the birdcage, and she was pretty fucking pissed to see Margarita on Billy's lap. She yanked her off. She yanked her off of his lap onto the floor by her long dark hair. Bitch grabbed that weave and was like, "Uh-uh, right." Um, she then pulled out Gold Dollar. Then pulled out a stiletto knife out of her garter and stabbed Margarita repeatedly. She managed to get away as the sheriff arrived, never having been charged as there was no murder weapon found. However, many decades later, the stiletto knife was found behind the bar and is currently on display in the theater. Yeah. That's crazy. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, like we were talking, one of the coolest aspects of the place is that when the decision was made to close it, they just up and left it as it was. Furniture, piano stage, red velvet curtains, the dumbwaiter used to bring drinks, uh, the pharaoh and poker tables in the basement, the chairs left exactly, almost entirely kind of like the Churchill War Rooms in London. When the World War II was over, they were like, we don't need this anymore. They just closed it up. Yep. I mean, Churchill cigars are still in the ashtrays there. So I assume, like you mentioned, it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just perfectly preserved in time. It's it's a fascinating, fascinating place. Now, the ghosts. So 95% of the sightings at the birdcage are photographic, according to current employees. So specifically Fatima. Now she was a belly dancer who had also performed at the theater. She shows up. She has a huge poster in the entrance of the birdcage theater. I'm talking, this thing is massive and it hangs on the wall. Um, so she actually, apparently Fatima herself will show up in pictures beside you when taken next to her own oil painting that hangs there. Oh, wow. Do you remember that painting? It's huge. I don't, I should, but I don't. It's right in the entrance, like right before you can like start your tour when they're giving you like the rules and stuff. It's like right, right there. I remember, I remember the area. Yeah. So what's cool, a fun fact about this is there are six bullet holes in the canvas from all of those many (laughs) unhappy customers, unhappy customers you were talking about. Um, Now it is said that at least 26 spirits are said to haunt the location. Prostitutes and their patrons are often seen up in the bird cages, which that's got to be kind of alarming. What the hell? It's two o'clock on a Saturday. What are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Wink, wink. Right? (laughs) I thought this was a museum. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, they are often seen up in the birdcages. Margarita still haunts the theater, and it may be her perfume that is smelled, which is the smell of lavender. Gack. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that there is the man in black and he is often seen walking across the stage in his heavy boots. Uh, a stage hand had been killed by a falling sandbag and he can be seen on occasion still walking around with his clipboard and preparing for shows. Wait, that's a thing though. What's a thing killed by a falling sandbag. Oh, well think about it. If you think about how heavy a 20 pound sandbag falling from you for however tall the top of the stage is, that'd probably kill you break your neck. Maybe? I guess so. 
I mean, I mean, I mean I've been through worse. <laughs> and I'm <am> perfectly normal. <laughs> Carrie, edit that out. <laughs> we, don't tell... <laughs> we don't tell lies in this show, Archie. Oh, oh. You had that coming for flipping me off earlier. Okay. Um, So, yeah, you could probably be killed by a falling sandbag. Uh, (laughs) I'll throw one at you and we'll see. Hmm. Like I could throw something 20 pounds. Right? How are you going to pick that up? (laughs) I have very weak upper body strength. Uh, (laughs) I'm also single. Call me, guys. Okay. Um, where the fuck was I? Where are I, we? I talking about? Don't, but I love you. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, ooh, shit. That's right. I forgot about this. People have seen frightening spirits in their home videos taken there after having left being disappointed in seeing nothing there, nothing while filming. Oh, One. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah. One woman. Yeah, looked visibly angry when they were there, her face having gone from shock to rage instantly. Um, One employee saw boots and spurs walking down the hallway with no legs on the security monitor she was watching. Ah, No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Just boots and spurs. That's there's got there's a joke in there somewhere. I just know. Jingle, jangle, jingle. Holy shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh, yes. Additionally, intruders have been spotted on their security cameras. Police are called, and when the theater is investigated, no one can be found anywhere. Oh, yeah, this one. Listen to me, like, just like, oh, it's like revisiting at old times. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, well, that was a little on the nose, wasn't it? Listen to us revisiting. <laughs> One night, a wealthy Texas oil man invited a medium to the theater to have a seance to contact the spirits there. The owner, Bill Hunley, decided to join in. Soon after, I guess he felt a sensation of being choked to the point he couldn't speak or breathe. Oh, fuck, I remember this. His wife started to panic because he grabbed her hand and she watched him turn blue. Oh, shit. Um, I remember this, too. Yeah. Uh, One employee was approached by a man looking for his wife. Uh, This is fucked. Oh, yeah. As they walked around calling out to her, the employee turned around to the man to ask him a question and he had vanished. Um, One weird instance happened where a turret, a turret, a turret, a gunnery. (laughs) (laughs) What? Turrets at the birdcage? What? Uh, one weird instance happened where a tourist saw a weird <laughs> Jesus. Oh, this was a cool story that where a tourist saw a weird looking coin on one of the card tables. Current currency, as Archie mentioned, has been tossed onto these tables over the years by visitors. And it is, it's loaded with dollar bills and quarters and shit like that. This, however, it was a weird looking coin and he brought it to an employee's attention who examined it and found that it was an original $25 birdcage poker chip. Remember this? Yes. Yes, I do. So at the time, there were only two chips left. There were two chips known to be left in existence and both were accounted for and locked away for preservation. 
Each they're each worth thousands of dollars, but randomly this third one popped up on a table. Devaluing the other two. I mean, <laughs> doesn't anybody care about that kind of stuff anymore? I just don't think they do. Or oh. Doc Holliday was like, "Oh yeah, here, let's just add it to the pile." Oh God. <laughs> oh, Doc Holliday. Okay. Let's see. Oh, in a more amusing haunting, there. Oh, this one. This one is funny. This one's funny. In a more amusing haunting, there was a statue of Wyatt Earp created and placed into one of the balcony cribs or cages. Oh yes, I love this. <laughs> it was a common occurrence for the staff to come in and see that his hat had been knocked off down onto the theater floor below, and the statue would be facing the wrong way. A few years of this, and a historian had visited the theater. He noticed the statue of Wyatt Earp and advised the owner that the box they placed it in was actually one frequented by the Clanton gang. Um, now, the Clantons, um, they were the, the gang that... Wyatt Earp and his brother and Doc Holliday got into the uh, gunfight at the OK Corral. That's these guys. Right, right. So Wyatt Earp's statue was placed into a box uh, frequented by the Clanton gang. And apparently when they moved the statue to what would have been Earp's favorite activity or favorite crib, the activity stopped. Which... It's just so funny to me that Wyatt Earp's ghost is that petty. Hell yeah. I mean, I suppose I would be too. There are some girls that I went to school with at like Madison number one that I'm like to this day, 30 years later, fuck that bitch. So I'd probably, <laughs> I'll probably be just as petty in my afterlife too. <laughs> now, um, people have been shoved out of the way around the card tables by no one standing around them. Like nobody's standing around them. They're just pushed out of the way. Sharp temperature drops in the dead of summer. Again, it probably scary, but mostly refreshing. Mostly refreshing. <laughs> um, your legs will inexplicably buckle under you while you're on the stairs. Well, that happens to me on a daily. So, I mean, maybe you're, a ghost is kicking your knees from behind. <laughs> You never know. Uh, sounds are often common, such as uh, disembodied. There's that word. Laughing. Poker chips clinking. Music and men's chatter. Again, smells are also common. The lavender perfume, which is possibly margaritas. Stale cigar smoke. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> One visitor had an ex... Oh, this... I remember this. This is so fucking rude. One visitor had an extreme allergic reaction when someone blew cigar smoke into her face. Yeah, I remember this too. <laughs> she saw no one in front of her and the smell of death. Oh, she saw no one in front of her. And then also then there's the smell of death in the birdcage, which is so strong you actually have to leave the building to get fresh air and get away from it. Mm. Ridiculous. Um, so... Again, this was going to be one of our – was not one of our – this first episode, our very first episode. So I was getting sort of real in deep with my research, and I'm like, what are some of the causes? So here are some of the causes I looked up. <laughs> People died there is now what I say. There oh, was, my God. There was death. Mind-blowing. I know. <laughs> Breaking news here in history of a haunting. <laughs> Tens of people have visited over the course of a year. 
I am so sorry. Well, uh, God, now I know. Now I know why I was prescribed the medication for wheezing. Ah, <laughs> uh <-huh, that's> <laughs> Shit. Okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. That's what you fucking get. Oh. Hack up a lung, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so causes. It is the only original building on Allen Street. So that might be one of the – I mean, it is it, – Allen Street's the main drag through Tombstone. It's where they have the reenactments and all that fun stuff. So it's the only original building. And made a stone – so I'm sure that there's a lot of stone tape theory trapped energy going oh, on. Oh, sandstone? I believe it is. I'm not sure. Oh, most likely. I mean, yeah. So um, the other cool thing is that almost all of the original features are still in the theater because, again, they just up and fucking left. So the lights, the draperies, stage curtains, furniture, wallpaper, as well as the original front and back bars, as Archie mentioned, I think was a super fun fact. It was made in Pittsburgh and shipped to the Tombstone, uh, the theater in Tombstone on the Star of India, which is now docked in San Diego. Also, my very favorite fun fact, they found full original whiskey barrels when it reopened in the 1930s. That's all I have. No, I'm kidding. That's not. <laughs> oh, God. Of course it isn't. That's it. <laughs> For your time. Uh, no. So, Arch, it's a museum. So I do remember that I listed creepy things that are on display as part of the museum. We're going to put photos of all of this up on um, our social media and our website. But the one of the main thing that is creepy is the Black Mariah, and it's a hearse that was used to haul the dead to Boot Hill, Boot Hill Cemetery, which is a couple of miles up the road from um, from the town of Tombstone, and it's got, like, the Clanton brothers are buried there that were killed at the gunfight at the OK Corral. And, and oh, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were there, too. I still have the brochure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mom's got a scrapbook uh, layout she's done of that of our trip down there. So, yeah, it's the hearse that was used to haul the dead to the Boot Hill Cemetery, including the McLaurie brothers who died in the shootout at the OK Corral. Um, the other guy, Billy Clanton, who was also in that shootout, he had to be taken in a different one. I don't know why. Maybe maybe they called it an Uber hearse and buggy for him. I don't know. Uh, weird. Yeah. So here's the other thing. The pool table on which Morgan Earp was killed by the Cowboys, as they were known, five months after the infamous shootout in retaliation for being declared not guilty with his brother and Doc Holliday. So um, Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp, and his brothers were all found not guilty for the gunfight at the OK Corral, and so therefore they were not charged. The remaining Cowboys then, in retaliation, went and— in search of um, Morgan Earp, Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday to kill them. And Morgan Earp was shot and killed. And when he was shot, he fell back onto this pool table. And the mm. pool table he died on is in the Birdcage Theater on display. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So that's a probably another very good reason why it's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is super weird. It's called the Tombstone Merman. Do you remember seeing it? Oh, yeah, it's 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 weird. It's it's, it's it's weird. And I hear it's been debunked. 
Okay, I mean, sure, but I don't, I still don't understand why this old mummified fishman thing in a glass box is in Tombstone, Arizona. It was probably brought in to to gain attendance to bring more people to it. I mean, like something that absurd that can't be scientifically proven or disproven was probably brought in just to make people say, Hey, did you see that fish man? I, well, yeah, because I think that's exactly what I said to you when I saw it. Hey, did you see that fish man? Did you see exactly <laughs> like that? Yeah. Uh, no, what fish man where over here? The fish man is right over here. Yeah. Yeah. We're suckers, but okay. <laughs> we really are. Uh, Doc Holliday's dental chair is there. I mean, oh, sure. Oh, yeah, the legend behind that. Yeah, I don't really understand why it's there. I, I know that he was a dentist, but I, I don't get the significance. I mean, yeah, he basically lived at the Birdcage Theater. I, I just don't get it. Anyway, um, Curly Bill's imminent death chair. Uh, because it's called the imminent death chair because he was recognized getting a haircut in it by Wyatt Earp, who killed him a short time later. Curly Bill was one of the men named in the murder of his brother, Morgan. Oh, so, yeah, the, the imminent death chair. The imminent death chair. I remember when we recorded it the first time, we were at my old apartment sitting on the bar stools, and you're like, this could be my imminent death chair. Yeah, and, yeah we, all, we all have one. Yeah. We uh, just don't know it yet. We just don't know it yet. Um, <laughs> the other thing is a mortician's table that hangs above the hearse. Now, there is a famous child ghost named Josh who likes to swing this mortician's table from side to side. Josh apparently is a bit of a shy ghost, but if you leave him candy, he will come out and say hello. Thanks for the candy. <laughs> That's from what, Dane Cook? Yes, and I'm sorry that was so poorly timed. I saw you drinking and then I did it. <laughs> right, it was, but it was actually really well t- Thanks for the candy. <laughs> that was awesome. And you know I love Dane Cook. Okay. Um, there's also, oh, this arch. Oh, God, I remember this. Oh, no. A viewing casket that was used during wakes and funerals. Um, oh, God, the one that was used over and over. Yeah, that's there on display, too. And I, in my notes, I wrote, so there's that. So. <laughs> so much. So. Ew. <laughs> my God, it was only a couple of months ago, but it sounds like it was 20 years ago. Like I'm reading these notes and I'm like, wow, I've really changed my my script style since October, September. Oh. Um, oh, yes. And then so that's what I have on the hauntings and things like that. The weird, creepy stuff at, at the birdcage. I did want to talk about and I did it in the um, previous five recordings of this episode months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to talk about for just a little bit about Leroy Colomy. And I might be pronouncing his last name wrong, and if I am, I'm sorry. Um, but he was a longtime employee at the Birdcage Theater uh, since 1996. Oh, no, this poor man. This, yeah. Um, now, by all accounts, he was a much-loved and quite popular fixture in Tombstone. His obituary states that he came to Tombstone in 1993 and fell in love with it. That's it. That was for you, Leroy. Oh, okay. Thanks, Leroy. Thanks, <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> God, why do we drink when we do this? 
Mm. You may have another sip. That'll help. <laughs> I'm I'm fresh out. I think. Well, wait. No, hold on. I'm gonna tip it up for Leroy. Yeah, I'm out. Out. Okay. Well, sorry, Leroy. Okay. Let me start over. His obituary states that he came to Tombstone in 1993 and fell in love with its history and the people that lived there. Um, so for those of you who are fans of the show Ghost Adventures, you may remember him from an episode they shot at the Birdcage that aired back in July of 2009. In what seems like a wild case of taking the history of Tombstone a little too much to heart, Mr. Colomy was shot dead in front of our residence in 2014, almost five years to the day the Ghost Adventures episode aired. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, by, he was shot by a man named Barry Chappelle. So Chappelle thought that Leroy was sexually assaulting a woman that he considered his girlfriend. And she had no idea. She, yeah. Um, so he, yeah. It It's awful. Um, <laughs> after the murder, this Barry Chappelle drove around the block, went into a business on Allen Street, told an employee there to call the police because he had just killed a man. When the police arrived, he was found walking around outside and arrested in front of the Birdcage Theater. As it turns out... This woman was, um, in fact, Leroy's girlfriend, and Chappelle had been stalking her. Chappelle pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. At the sentencing, apparently he was remorseful, and his attorney said that his prolonged methamphetamine use had contributed to his actions that day. Not surprising. Oh, Christ. But the town has been shaken ever since. This man was very beloved by everybody for a really long time. Now, I found it interesting, which is why I'm telling the story. I found it interesting because Tombstone prides itself on the preservation of the Wild West. They have multiple reenactments of the shootout at the OK Corral every day, among others. Oh, yeah. I remember. I know where you're going. Yeah. So it's difficult, if not impossible, to know what is staged gunfire and what is real. It's easy to see why no one thought anything of gunfire at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So it's kind of become a situation where some residents are wondering how the town can balance public safety with what keeps the town alive, which is their tourism industry and one that is built around gunslinging. Oh, God. It's, I, it must be so difficult. It's an interesting conundrum. Um, obviously, now with coronavirus, everything is just sort of like up in the fucking air. But I mean... Yeah, I I don't know. It's um it's an interesting it's an interesting uh problem. Um so I wanted to to include that story of Leroy Call Me and 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 um and all of that. Uh again, just somebody taking the town and its history just a little too much to heart, uh, tossing a little methamphetamine and a little bit of a stalkery personality type and it's bad news bears all around. Oh yeah. Yeah. All in all, it's a really cool old place. It's a great part of Arizona's history. We're very, very proud of it. Um, and so we'll put these pictures up on all of our social media as well. If you'd like to check out more about the birdcage, you can go to tombstonebirdcage.com. They have got tons of cool old, old photographs um, of everything in the, the, the from pictures from back in the day and everything on their site as well. If you have any questions about ticket prices, you can call them at area code 520-457-3423. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the finally released, hopefully, <laughs> Birdcage Theater in Tombstone, Arizona. So, God willing, this one will actually get released. All right. Well, knock, 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 knock on wood. Knock on all the wood. I don't, I don't know. <sighs> anyway, so, Arch, we have, this episode is being released on, let me get my little calendar. The 23rd, we have one episode after that, and it's a biggie. Um, it's based on a famous haunting that movies have been made about. So that's going to be our last episode on the 30th. We go on a two-week break, um, but we will be sticking around. Hope everybody joins us for our Facebook Live event. I have all the faith in the world that your coronavirus test will come back negative. We can do our Facebook Live event where Archie and I are going to be talking all about past lives. It's a topic that I think is something that fascinates both of us. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. So um, you can go to our Facebook page and uh, check out the event information for that. Let us know that you're interested in going. It's going to be at 11.30 a.m. Arizona time on Saturday, May 30th. And, uh, yeah, join Patreon. You get mini episodes. You get stickers. You get bingo cards. You get you get uh, – Archie will personally call you and sing you happy birthday. I mean, you just get all – I'm kidding. I will, I'm kidding. I will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> he was like looking at his notes or whatever and like immediately stopped like wait what no, <laughs> he, won't, he won't do that um but yeah arch why don't you tell everybody where they can find us we can be found pretty much everywhere instagram twitter facebook patreon and even our website at h-o-a-h podcast Although the website, click, click, what was that? Oh, she's getting back into the wine. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm out of wine. But anyways, <laughs> at HOAH Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yes, yes. So thank you guys so much. Um, this has been a really fun episode to do. It's kind of like reminiscing the good old days when the good old days were the bad old days and I didn't know how to edit shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh yeah um yeah if you'd like to check out our mini episode uh we did the aoki gahara suicide force in japan and the palace of versailles please sign up for our patreon um it is available to donors at the five dollar level we have two a two dollar level and a five dollar level five dollar levels get mini episodes bloopers oh just a bunch of bullshit <laughs> worth your hard-earned money anyway that's it for us guys we will see you next week we are super excited for the next uh location we're going to bring you it's a big one and it kind of is a very similar to the um episode that we came back from our last hiatus with so if that gives you any kind of easter eggy hint as to what we might be doing we're not going to tell you archie's very confused Looking at me like, what is it we're doing? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you're going to have to clue me in on that later. <laughs> I already did, but he forgets. So there's that. Anyway, what else you got, Arch? Well, at least I'm pretty. You mean you've got <laughs> amazing hair. <laughs> okay. uh. 
Uh, okay. you have- no, that's no. it. I'm done. Let's go. Archie, Archie's pretty and he has amazing hair. And this sounds like a good place to end. Bye, guys. We'll see you Bye. next week. <laughs> <laughs>